Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are starting a three-part series talking about our comprehensive guide to the baby basics that you need to register for. This is us going over just the basics. So although there are many things to buy or that you can buy, this is exactly what you will need for your baby. There is a free download on our website, bestlifemomsclub.com, of our baby registry must-haves. This outlines everything that we are discussing in this series. We want to thank our listener, Melody, for giving us the suggestion to do some episodes on this topic. We also want to mention that this Thursday, September 21st at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will be going live on Instagram and we will be talking about how to overcome the top 10 fears that every new mom has. We'd love for you to join us as we'll be launching our Mummy Mentorship Program, which we've been talking a bit about. We've been working on this for about a year now, and it is absolutely epic. We believe that it is going to change the lives of so many new moms, and we are really looking forward to launching it this week. Without further ado, here's part one. This episode is great because there really are just like so many things for babies and it's very very overwhelming there's so many things that I didn't actually use yeah <laughs> like seriously <laughs> brand new things that I'm like donating because they never got used and I've got three kids I also kind of feel like there's all this excitement about building a registry and I don't know I had this for like when we got married but like the excitement of building a, a registry and then it was absolutely super painful yeah, because you hum and you haw and there's so much that you can choose from and really you don't know what you need and what you don't need and you kind of do a little bit of research, but well, it's all it's all kind of people's perspective on things, right? I, th- I think, well, because like I mentioned like the wedding registry, I think that can be really painful in the sense of like you start fighting with your spouse, like, I want this. No, I don't want this. And then it just becomes a big fight and it's not enjoyable. But I think with a baby registry, there are so many different baby products that it's really overwhelming. And then you do research and you get sucked into this black hole of like, is this baby carrier better than this baby carrier? What type of nipples should I be using if I'm going to be bottle feeding? And it's just like this vortex of, oh my goodness, overwhelming information and products. Well, and everyone has their own opinion on things, right? Like some people swear by one nipple and others swear by another. So what one's the right nipple? That's true. 
have, everybody has their own preference for nipples. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so our first, our first category is baby clothes okay. and baby clothes was something for me that I, because I did laundry all the time, I didn't really need that many outfits. Did you find the same, the same with uh, your kids? Well, um, that's a, that's a good question. No, I, I, well, actually that's a lie. I was doing laundry all the time. I did find that we used a lot of clothes. Freya lived in pajamas for the first three to six, three to five months, maybe. Yeah. The Um, boys lived in the, all my kids lived in pajamas for the first three months. Yeah. Like she was in pajamas for a really long time. Um, we were a little limited with, um, clothing for them because they, well, Freya more so because they were, she was so tiny. She needed preemie clothes. And at that point in time, it was very hard to find preemie clothes. Like I know like Carter's and Toys R Us, which I know is now closed in the States, but, um, Toys R Us is still open in Canada. And those were the only two places that you could find preemie clothes. And when you would go into a store or kind of a region of stores, one store would have one piece of creamy clothing. So it was really hard to find. So pajamas were really big for her. Um, and I will say there is a major difference between zipper pajamas and button pajamas. Yes. Huge. Take it back. All the button pajamas you receive zippers only yeah. zippers will save you so much grief and like frustration in the middle of the night diaper changing. So zippers all the way for jam for jammies. The other thing I found I never used was uh, baby shoes. Until a baby can walk, it does not need shoes as cute as they are. But people would give me baby shoes and they never ever got worn. And in fact, the boys, I've got pictures of them in a stroller when I guess they would have been nine, nine months, nine, ten months. And they're never wearing shoes. They're always in bare feet. Because they're not walking. Yeah, I agree. Baby shoes, well, very cute, very impractical, um, or impractical. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but very impractical. I absolutely agree. Like jammies are big. Shoes we weren't weren't big on until, like you said, they were walking. Um, undershirts, Freya and Finn. I always had an undershirt on them, and Freya was very had. Well, actually, you know what? The boys did too. Reflux was a big part in the amount of laundry we were doing and how many outfit changes we would have to do. Yeah. Uh, Reflux is terrible and (laughs) it ruins clothes. It does. I I would take the clothes out that the boys wore like sleepers and uh, for Caroline and they would be ruined with stains all over them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're like, oh yeah. There's vomit on that one and yeah. that one. I'm like, I swear one. it was clean when I put it in the box. <laughs> and they absolutely are clean. It's like over time, they yellow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're just I, ruined. I think another important piece to baby clothes too is obviously depending on like your region and where you live, but a bunting bag or a bunting suit. So like those like snow suits that aren't puffy, they're kind of furry, like softer material. Those are really important like even for us because obviously like we live in in Ontario like we get 
snow. We get, we get lots of snow and it's cold. Sometimes it's colder and we don't get as much snow because it's so cold. But um, the bunting bags are lifesavers because you don't have to worry about is their back cold? You know, you just shove them in the bag. Their feet are covered. It has a hood. We're good. Yeah. Hats are kind of hit and miss too, I think, depending on where you live. Obviously, if you're in a sunny location or it's summer, a sun hat is really important because babies, especially like you shouldn't be, they shouldn't be exposed to the UV. Freya lived in a hat. She was born in August in a heat wave and she had a wool hat on her like for the first five months. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Cause she was so tiny. She couldn't regulate. So her yeah. body temperature, right? So, and you lose so much of your, your heat from your head. So she always had one of those, like, you know, those hand, hand knitted hats, crocheted hats. Yeah. She like always, the ones the hospital gives you. Yeah. So she always had hats on, um, which I probably didn't help her little fryer tuck haircut that she had hair growth yep. pattern because she was bald on top. But yeah, she always had a hat on. Even if it was hot, she always had a hat on. Well, and when it comes to baby clothes, I know a lot of people, they give you the small, small uh, sizes. So I had tons of newborn, tons of three months, up to about six months, and then no one gave me any larger sizes. So what I would do is I would um, take them back to the store and exchange the small size for a larger one so I'd get the exact same outfit someone gave me I would just get a larger size in it yes and that's a really good point um because you're right like at wedding at sorry at baby showers you when you're opening gifts you're like everything is all newborn because it's so cute and like when you see the tiny little outfits it's so cute and it's hard not to buy those but just buy them in bigger sizes because you're absolutely right older older babies need clothes too well, and it's funny because now that I'm a mom, whenever I have to buy a gift for someone, I always buy it for like a year old so that yeah. in a year, the kid actually has some clothes and the parents don't have to go buy clothes for it. Yeah, absolutely. Like Freya's, you can see at the age of like the newborn or like newborn to three months, she has boxes of clothes because I have all their clothes still, right? And so she has bins of clothes of like early and then it's like one bin for like nine it's like six nine twelve months is like one bin yeah well that's because like you said everyone thinks the little tiny clothes are cute and they are but they're also very impractical impractical because your baby ends up living in a sleeper at least ours did <laughs> you know what jammies are they're so convenient for ba like for young babies because they have feet on them so their feet are covered. Um, they're easy to change. They're like one piece you throw, like, it's just the convenience of it. It really is. Obviously put them in a cute outfit if you need, like if you're going out like to an event, but around the house, nobody's going to care if your baby is wearing PJ, like uh, pajamas. I, I keep combining PJs and jammies and I'm making them my own <laughs> today. Katieism. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so on our nursery, what do you think is necessary for a nursery? Well, the baby needs a place to sleep. Yeah. So you definitely need a crib. And with a crib, you need a firm, flat mattress to go with it. Because 
Uh, babies need to sleep on a very like on a firm surface uh, so that they don't roll and get caught between the crib and the the uh, mattress. Mm-hmm. And also the firm flat mattress has to do the firmness of a mattress. Also, it's recommended that babies sleep on a firm mattress um, because of it helps. It has to do with SIDS, right? So there's, you can buy some mattresses that are zero to 12 months on one side and then different firmness. And then if you flip it over, it's for 12 plus. Have you seen those mattresses before? I don't know that I have. And now I'm going, I wonder what the kids mattress, like Caroline, well, Caroline's still in a crib. So yeah. all I know is my mattress actually passed the, the grandpa test. So my dad tested all the, the mattresses to see how collapsible they were on the edges. So of course it was the most expensive mattress you could buy, but he was buying it. So I didn't care. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know that you, so there are some like combo mattresses where it's one side is firm for infants and then the other side is for toddlers and they're interesting. Yeah, Yeah. And it's to flip. Now there's also a difference too in mattresses where they're foam mattresses. You can get firm foam mattresses but then there's also coil mattresses. Um, and I know both you and I, we have coil mattresses mm-hmm. um, for our crib mattresses because so if later on, one of our favorite, favorite items in the world, um, baby registry items, is a, a, a type of monitor and you need to have a, a coil mattress for that. So I know that we both have a, a coil mattress for that. I think we have the same one. Didn't my dad, my dad went to Toys R Us, did the firm test, and I think you ended up buying what we bought. Um, I don't know. Ours came from Walmart. It was $80. Oh, no. Why did I, someone did. Someone bought the one that was Bubba approved. I appreciate, <laughs> my, my the, I appreciate the, uh, the Papa test and the Bubba test, but no, um, Peter did a lot of research and it worked out that this one was on, on Walmart online and got it delivered and it wasn't overly expensive. And Finn is still using the same mattress mm, and good. it's still just as firm. But nice. yeah, I agree. A firm mattress is important. Also, so hold on. So you talked about the monitor already. You kind of mentioned it. So let's oh, talk yeah. about baby monitor that goes underneath the mattress. Okay. So both you and I are massive, massive fans of the Angel Care video and video monitoring the movement monitor. So Angel Care movement monitor. I have the video. Do you have the video? No, I just had the movement monitor. And so a friend told me about this and I had no idea that this was a thing was it's a monitor that tracks the movement of the rise and fall of the chest of the baby's chest. So that if they were to stop breathing, an alarm goes off. Now, since becoming a mom and discovering that like um, the outlet has become really popular, which is a sock, similar type of deal um and i think it's also a lot it's also a lot more expensive yeah than the the angel care um the and it's different because the angel care is it has a pad that goes underneath the mattress and so the movement is detected through the mattress which is why you need a coil mattress for this one 
and um, whereas the owlet is like a sock that they wear and that tracks their their um, oxygen levels, I think. I've never... It, tra- it tracks a whole bunch of stuff, actually. Yeah. Without, yeah. But really, you need to know that the baby's breathing. Yeah. Right? So... And, and, and if you if you want the outlet, then go for it. But um, Angel Care Monitor is definitely a more inexpensive monitor to go with. And they have a bunch of different versions. You have one of the higher end ones because it's the video monitor. Yeah. I bought just the monitor because I have a twin video monitor. So instead of me buying two of the more expensive ones, I have um, a video monitor that has two cameras so that I could see both of the boys. Oh, okay. And on one monitor, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of carrying around two monitors and buying two different uh, angel care monitors with mon- with cameras, yeah. I just have the basic angel care uh, system, and then I just use the other video monitor, which has just the one uh, hand piece so that I could check the boys. Yeah. I will say, like, both you and I are massive fans of the angel care, and, mm-hmm. like, I tell all my friends about it. Like I love, love, love it. It gives me the peace of mind of sleeping. Um, Oh, definitely. I could not sleep without some sort of monitor, especially when they're really little. Yeah, absolutely. Like I would not be able to, but we also have a very good friend who was like, I used to turn my monitor off at night because they were too noisy when they were sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, but that's a little bit different. So (laughs) I think they were a little bit older then too. Yeah. But the other thing I was going to mention is I also had a snoozer, which clips onto the diaper, which I also like because it was really good for traveling or if um, the baby, I used it when they were in their baby boxes or if they're in a pack and play, but the snooze is not good um, once they can start rolling around in the crib because it'll, you'll get lots of false alarms. Yeah. So I, I did the snooze first and then I did the angel care monitor with Caroline. I did the snooze when we were traveling and when she was on the main floor. And then when she was up in her crib, after she was three months old and was in the crib, uh, we, the crib just has the angel care. Yeah. And see, I used, I've used the, the angel care um, in their co-sleeper because both Finn and Freya have started out in a co-sleeper beside me. So like, it's like a mini version of a pack and play that is beside my bed. And I was able to get the monitor and like the movement breathing piece in that mattress. And then I've used it obviously in the crib once um, we move them into the crib. And then I also um, use it in the pack and play at the cottage in the summer when they're babies too. Um, so I've used it. How does that work? It works no different than with the, um, how I did with the uh, co-sleepers. So my co-sleeper is an arm's reach co-sleeper and I absolutely, absolutely love it. So it's just like a thin mattress, just like in a pack and play. And I put it under there and with the, the breathing monitor, you have to have a piece of plywood underneath the mattress because it 
centers the between like the metal grating of the mattress and the mattress. No, sorry, the metal grating of the crib that the mattress sits on. You put plywood there, and then you put the match the movement pad, and then the mattress on top. And it, you just use the same piece of plywood in the pack and play, and then you put the mattress on top. No, I see. I wouldn't think that it it would have worked in that because the pack and play mattress is kind of stiff. Well, the whole point of it is stiff, right? Yeah, but, but the pulls. yeah, hmm. but the springs on the in the bed are more bendy. Yeah. Hmm. No, I never works. <laughs> I've used it for all three: for the co-sleeper and the the crib and the pack and play, and it works great. Yeah, but I think despite as much as we talk about our love of the angel care, any type of baby monitor, if it's a sound or a video, then I think it's important to be able to have a quick glance because sometimes you just want to look and see, oh yeah, like I know where my baby is in their bed without having to open the door and risk waking up the baby. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So baby monitor, whether it's just for hearing the baby or baby monitor, whether it's for hearing the baby and knowing if it's breathing, you need, <laughs> you need a baby monitor. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just that type of monitor, like figuring out what you need is depends on your personality. That's all. Cause you and I couldn't sleep without one, but that nope. doesn't mean someone else, someone else could, could uh, be perfectly fine without one. So yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, depending on your situation, there are lots of, um, if your experience, your different experiences causes different, um, makes you have different choices. So I think, uh, you do what's best for your choice ultimately, but a baby monitor, either way, sound, video, breathing, I think is a very important piece. Um, another important piece is a nightlight. <laughs> you definitely need a nightlight. And not every nightlight is made the same. I will say like, because you want a soft light, something, if you can have like a rolling switch so that you can um, kind of make it a little bit brighter if you're changing a diaper during the night, but then you can dim it back down like a dimmer switch, I think is really important. Um, I personally, what I love using and I use for both kids is a salt lamp. Oh yeah, that would, that would give off a nice light. Yeah. Cause I have, um, we have salt lamps for both of them that have a dimmer on it. So you can make it brighter and it, you can see everything just enough. You want to be able to see what you're doing, but not wake the baby up during the night. Mm-hmm. We uh, have the skip hop owl and it is a good one because it allows you to choose how bright it is, but it also is a noise machine and plays music and stuff. If you're into that. Now I never use that portion of it. Some people swear by noise machine. I never used a noise machine. I just let the kids hear the noise so that they sleep through anything and they do. So <laughs> I am, I am someone who has a sale machine and I still use it all, every night for both kids. Yeah. It yeah. just depends on your kid, right? Yeah. So I didn't think you did noise machine. I do. I didn't initially with Freya and she slept great. She was fine. But when I had Finn, I ended up 
getting her a sound machine because he was such a crier. And also when she moved into her big girl bedroom, she faces the street and it can get oh, really loud. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Our house is terribly insulated. So especially her room. So like all the noise from outside comes in. So I just turn on her. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That nightlight is a nightlight and a noise machine. So there you go. Yeah, kind of two birds, one stone, right? Yeah. So other things you'll need are uh, you'll need a dresser for all your baby clothes. Yep. Now, some people have change tables. I didn't have a change table. I would just change them on the floor if I needed to. <laughs> well, because most of, we spend most of our time on the main floor. We have a two-story home, and really, they were only up there for sleeping, so it just... Yeah, wasn't necessary. We have um, we have a change pad just on top of the dresser. That's all we did, and it worked. I originally I thought I was gonna do that, and then I didn't. I just kept changing them on the floor. Funny, eh? That makes sense. You had two of them. You're already down on one. Like you don't have to worry about them falling off. Well, and uh, space, right? I have two cribs in the room, and yeah, that's true. Yes. So really, you don't need a a change table because Katie just has a change pad, which is significantly cheaper. And (laughs) I, I just change them on the floor on, um, on a portable pad. So I also think too, um, having a rocking chair or a glider, something that a chair that has movement is important. Um, because you will spend some time, even if, you know, you're not feeding in there, but you will spend some time. You want to be comfortable. And I say this with full authority that I have a wooden rocking chair that was given to us by Peter's aunt and uncle for a wedding gift. It's a beautiful handcrafted rocking chair. We've used it for both kids. I seriously, seriously, seriously want a comfortable glider chair for M3. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Because I don't have like a nice, comfortable chair. I, it is a wooden rocking chair, beautiful, but so uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, you know what? For M3, that's going to be the thing that I could, I'm going to buy myself is a glider, like something that's comfortable. So when we were pregnant with the twins, my in-laws decided they were going to purchase uh, a chair for us. And I actually picked out, um, it is a leather rocking chair. Like I can put it in my living room when I'm done with it. So um, it's a multi-purpose chair <laughs> because once uh, it's, it's actually moving out of the boys' room within the next couple of weeks because um, they're going from their toddler beds to full-size beds, uh, which we've been putting off because of space. And... Um, so now it's going to go in the living room. So it was kind of two birds, one stone. Uh, we got a great deal on it, and uh, it's a beautiful chair. So, uh, so yeah, you don't, you don't need to buy a chair from uh, the baby store. You can buy a chair from a regular furniture store. Yeah, that's true. I just want a comfortable chair, to be honest, something that yeah. I'm okay with in and doesn't hurt my back after sitting in there for 40 minutes so the hilarious part is 
Um, I never fed the boys in that chair. We rock sometimes. Keith usually sits in it at night and feeds Caroline uh, while I'm getting the boys ready for bed, like feeds her her bottle. And Caroline in her room, she's got this chair that was from my grandparents' house. It's like a retro, probably 60s chair. And it's not a rocker. <laughs> it's just a small kind of funky chair. And that's what I feed her in. <laughs> oh. But she doesn't have that much space in her room because she's in our former guest room. She's totally the second pregnancy. She's in our former guest room, which I painted pink, but there's still a queen size bed in there. <laughs> so we didn't get rid of it because we know we're going to need the bed. And uh, so the chair fits and it stayed and that's what she gets fed in. <laughs> that's funny. It's not exactly comfortable. The boys' chair is much more comfortable. And if this is your first child, definitely invest in like a multi-purpose rock, rocking chair of some sort. Yeah, I agree. Something that's comfortable and you, you're willing to sit in for a few hours. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.